Hi, welcome to the Cabinet Connect. I'm your host, Fire Chief Scott Freitag, and with me today, my special guest, Battalion Chief Brad Davis. Brad, thanks for coming in. Absolutely, Chief. Thanks for having me. Now, we want to mention that you're probably going to hear some radio traffic in the background, and that's because Brad is on, on duty today and has to be available to respond, so he has uh, his radio on in the background. Um, but with that, Brad, you run our HAZMAT program for us. You have for years with Captain Mongo. Yes. Um, and right now we have a hazmat class going on at Carta. Uh, tell us about the class. Why is this important? Who's in it? You know, what, what's it for? Okay. Uh, yeah. What's, what's going on at Carta right now is a hazmat technician class. Okay. So it's 200 hours, five weeks, eight hour days, five days a week oh, wow. um, for five weeks. So it's 200 hours of advanced training beyond the operational level, which is what our folks on the fire trucks are, are trained to that level okay. as operations level. So this is 200 hours of advanced training beyond that to become a certified hazmat technician. So what's a hazmat technician do? Lots of stuff. Uh, <laughs> there, there's, a, there's a lot to it. I mean, I, I just started making some notes earlier, uh, knowing I was coming in here for the podcast, thinking of the different things that they cover in the class without looking at their syllabus. And I filled out a list here. They cover so much. So a lot of advanced uh, things that they're learning uh, in the class. So okay. uh, when our when our fire engines arrive with folks that are at the operational level, there's certain tasks and things they can complete. Um keeping them and the public safe, uh, gathering information, uh, uh, making a safe area okay. uh, to work in. Um, but if it's something more advanced that that uh, needs some sort of mitigation from a hazmat technician, we have to wait for those folks uh, to arrive from from one, the closest uh, hazmat station. Right. So, so we, we did a podcast with uh, Mongo before, Cap Molson, um, and he talked about all of the hazmat stuff that's in our area that people don't think about. So I think it would be fun at this point for a quick quiz. Um, Kathy, no. what, what are some of the places that you would expect to, or maybe wouldn't expect to find a hazardous material in Prescott Valley? Places I would not expect to find one. But it's there. Things that Captain Olson Oh, like a restaurant. Very good. She's Woo! On top of it. What's a bigger one? A bigger one. Finley Toyota Center. <laughs> Finley Toyota Center. Yes. That is a bigger one. They, see, she passed the quiz. Yes. yes. But yes. I don't think a lot of folks realize uh, in the area how important our hazmat technicians are. And the regional approach, I think we, we need to give a quick shout out to the city of Prescott because it's a regional hazmat team. The, the costs are shared as far as our equipment and the apparatus. But... This class, we have how many new personnel are going through the class? We have us? a total of 10 students that will be on our hazmat team. So six of those are from CAFMA okay. and four are from Prescott Fire Department. So when they get out of class, they'll all be part of what we call our Prescott Area Hazardous Materials Response Team. Okay. Um, some of them will be divvied up to the hazmat stations, which are either uh, Station 75 on Highway 69 for Prescott Fire. That's their hazmat station. And then ours, of course, is Station 58 on, on Robert Road. Okay. Uh, besides Prescott and CAFMA, who else has people in this particular class? Uh, we have uh, we have people from Eloy in the class, uh, Williamson Valley Fire, Baghdad. Um, I, I don't recall if there's any mayor folks included in that mix with Williamson okay. Valley. Uh, we have students from Cottonwood okay. also. 
So when we talk about CARTA being a true regional training academy, it is truly a regional training academy. And right now we have Hazmat uh, coming up next month. We're going to host the Captain's Academy, which will bring people again from the Valley, from Northern Arizona and from our area. But right now we're going to get back, focus more on, on Hazmat. Now, I think, you know, I was a glowworm once. That's what we call some of the Hazmat. It's glowworm, Hazmat nerd, right? Mopping glow boys. There's, there's all kinds of names for for yeah. hazmat techs. Can I, I use think, those in the think, title? Yes. Glowworm think, boys. What? Glow yeah. When, when people <laughs> when people use these terms to describe hazmat techs, I I just attribute that to jealousy, be, right. because we are an, an elite Very team of, of with with some advanced uh, capabilities with hazmat stuff. Well, and hazmat, you're right. And you know, we refer to science nerds, but really, that's what hazmat is. Um, you're dealing with chemicals, and you have to have, understand. Off gassing, you have to understand weather patterns and what interacts with what. It's been years since I did hazmat, um, and I went to a major incident. And at the end of it, this is back in like the mid nineties, and it was at a, a, a grain. I can't think of the name of the, the type of environment, but like a co-op. So there's all kinds of chemicals, and it was all on fire. <laughs> and at the end of the incident, they came to us and they're like, "Hey, listen." Um, the the wind shifted and you were all exposed to some nasty stuff. So if you die, make sure you go to the hospital. If you start growing any extra limbs, feeling weird, go to the hospital. We've already notified them. And I was like, you know what? This was fun while it lasted. Yeah. So I backed out. But that again, mid-90s versus where we are today with hazmat and hazardous materials response, huge difference. Yes, yes. It's it's come a long ways over the years. I went through tech class in 1996 and the technology in the, the metering for air monitoring devices that we use now compared to back then and, and the price. Right. The the corresponding price is just, you know, crazy, crazy. It was 96 or 97 when I went through. Okay. So we we're about the same time. Yeah. So what else about hazmat? What what other things can you share with us that you think are important so for the public to know and even our internal folks? Well, you know, just talking about uh, common calls, I think we touched on this or you guys did with uh, with Rick when he was in. Um, you know, I, I would say residential responses are, right. are are more common than to these facilities and, and businesses. Right. Um, um, there is, we have the capabilities we have because there could be a need with those businesses. And luckily our local, uh, industry and, and commercial properties do a real good job right. of taking care of their stuff. But some of the common stuff we go on natural gas and propane leaks, right. uh, carbon monoxide, not CO2. People call them CO2 detectors. They're carbon right. monoxide detectors, which is CO. Um, but how we get involved in that beyond just the typical engine company responding mm -hmm. is, the uh, meters that we need to use and, and the numbers that come across on those meters, uh, that needs to be uh, taken in by a hazmat technician to interpret those numbers right. and then decide what we're going to do. So um, that requires when we go to these calls, um, you know, that we get the hazmat techs in there to do that monitoring, interpret those numbers on the meters and then decide how we're going to you know mitigate whatever yeah. issue if, if they find one. Well, and you've got uh, on the apparatus, the hazmat apparatus, you have computers on that apparatus so you can can do research on scene. I think it would be good, Kathy, sometime to take the uh, GoPro and go out and do like a, a short walkthrough. Yeah, we could do that. 
that, that, uh, that truck is our cool. pride and joy. We, we, we love that thing. Um, what, what, what I uh, talking to people that are uh, hazmat techs from outside of our area. Right. Um, I always brag about our regional regional uh, team um, in the fact that that hazmat truck, when we purchased it in 2016, uh, it was a joint purchase sure. between Prescott Fire and us. So on the actual printed Arizona title, it says Central Arizona Fire and Prescott Fire both printed on the, the title because we both split so cool. the bill in half. But when and we do the walkthrough, why don't we have somebody from Prescott come in and it can be a joint walkthrough where you all can show off uh, that that apparatus. I think it's important for the community to see that because not only is that funded through uh Prescott and Central Arizona Fire, but we also get funding from the county, from emergency management, other folks that that pay into to Hazmat, and that's what really makes it a regional not not just a regional resource, but a countywide resource. And a lot of folks don't think about it because it's out of sight, out of mind. But there's a railroad tracks, yes, up in Paulden, and. That is within our jurisdiction. That's our responsibility. So if something were to happen with a train coming through, the hazmat team would respond to that. Yeah, and really we can go as a hazmat team, we can respond anywhere within the county or the state right? Uh, if requested. And we do have a lot of outlying areas in Yavapai County that don't have a fire department response mm-hmm. uh, where we could. And we've been called to some of those right. areas um, in, the, in the past. You mentioned the funding. That's a huge part of this class. Um, we didn't have to pay anything for tuition. So uh, AZ uh, DEMA, uh, Department of Emergency and Military Affairs, yes. they covered the cost of the class. They're paying the instructors. They paid for the tuition. So we didn't have to pay anything for that. We provided the facility, obviously, using CARTA, right. which, is, which is a great place uh, to use for any kind of training. Um, so there's a lot of input uh, from that. Uh, Yavapai County Emergency Management had to actually apply for the class for right. us once we voiced the need to have a uh, put on a class. So they started that process for us and the state uh, took it from there. Uh, over the last, I was looking at this earlier, over the last seven years, we're closing in. We're right around the $100,000 mark in hazmat equipment. Wow. Uh, meters and, mm-hmm. and devices that we've gotten through grant processes through the state. Well, you so know, we're, we're very fortunate here with our emergency management. We have Ashley in there as the emergency management director, and she is just absolutely fantastic. Um, she is a great emergency manager to work with, very progressive. And then at the state level, and I think this is a, a good time to point out the importance of the work we do at the state level sometimes. Uh, I was talking to you, I think when I came in, I said, hey, I've got to read through this bill, EMAC, ASMAC, you know, the, the emergency response compacts. As part of the overall piece that I'm working on of legislation, it includes the funding that emergency management uses at the state level through DEMA. For training. So I'm actually working directly with the emergency manager director who's at DEMA um, to ensure that, that there is funding in the state moving forward um, for hazmat as well as for all hazard response. But that's why it's so important that we're involved because here we are, we have a, a, a class that would be very expensive. Um, it's very. expensive enough just for the backfill. You figure six people off the engine for five weeks. Yes. And we're hoping to get some help with that too. Um, 
the uh, Arizona State Emergency Response Commission uh, found uh, some funding that when the class is over, we're going to be submitting some payroll right. records that we're hoping to get a portion of what we've spent to cover those. Because those that are in the class, they're put on a 40-hour right. schedule. They're not working their shifts on the fire truck anymore. They are in hazmat class for five weeks. Um, so their spots on the fire trucks have to be filled while they're in class. So we're hoping to get some of yeah. that back. Again, through grants, the, the state funding with all these things is, is a is a huge uh, deal. You mentioned Ashley, so got to be sure to mention her on here and invite her uh, that she would be a wonderful guest she would uh, be on the podcast someday. Podcast. So you're welcome, Ashley. And and one thing I want to clarify, because when you say they found money and it's a governmental entity, uh, there are people who believe that uh, the government just hides money um, or they we identified available resources that could be used for. Yep. See how we do that? <laughs> yes. So uh, this is this is great information, though, because I, I think it's important to keep and highlight, um, keep hazmat in the forefront so the community understands what it is you're doing and why it's important, why we needed to identify new hazmat members, because we have people retiring. Right. So it's important to have the class and then and the intensity of the things that they learn in the program. Uh, and it's not something that stops when you're done with the five weeks. Yeah, that's that gives them the 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 basis. Uh, their first week is chemistry, so I'm talking about the different right. things that they cover. That's like hell week or whatever. Yeah. And I texted a few of them during the first week, which is chemistry week, about man, are you staying afloat? You know, how's it going? Um, they cover so much in there, but then so much more they're going to get when they when they're done with class and they each go to their respective hazmat teams right because we do month a uh, couple of monthly trainings and uh, and learning more specifically how we do stuff um they'll be getting so much more training and it's a constant i'm still learning hazmat right. things uh every every day um and, and will uh, until i retire and that that's like any other thing with sure. our jobs is that we're learning and until uh until we're no longer doing this anymore and yeah. hazmat is no exception there's so much to to learn and people will find their niche niches within the hazmat team right. certain things that they that interest them more than others i'm really into the the monitors and the air monitoring stuff right um i'm not the the chemist uh on on the the team that was that my, mongo that wasn't my strongest uh um I don't believe it's him. However, his chemistry skills probably do improve as long as that that intake of, of food level is, is kept right. we where, have to where it needs fed. to needs to be. We're we're not just Mongo, just so you know, we're not getting you a chemistry set a lab set up at station fifty eight. I'd be afraid <laughs> for the station. He's smart dude, but you know, when you give B shift, especially B shift station fifty eight, something like that, something is going to blow up. Yes. So best not to provide that to him. Well, Brad, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this opportunity. I appreciate you giving a shout out to the state regarding the, the funding and how they're helping us, because I think it's important for people to realize that relationship that exists and, and how things happen, especially with something as large as hazmat. We would not be able to. And their instructors are from different departments around right. the state. Uh, real quickly, I, um, I wanted to mention to the tens of, uh, of tens viewers. Of viewers. Um, Print Pack, uh, one of our local businesses, donated a couple of uh, uh, plastic 55-gallon drums that they're actually utilizing out there for training, putting water in them, punching holes in them, oh, awesome. uh, working on on containment and 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 taking care of leaks and whatnot. Uh, also, M&I Metals here okay. in Prescott Valley. 
um, did a facility tour. So the whole class met us over there at that, their facility and they did a tour through their whole place and their whole process and what chemicals they have on hand there and where they store them and all that. So uh, it's awesome the help all the way around we get from all these folks. It's one of the great things about uh, Prescott Valley and, and our community overall, the Quad Cities, is the willingness of the business community to work with us uh, to improve the knowledge of our members, the, the working knowledge, because it's, it's hands on stuff. And we were just at Kathy, you were with me yesterday. Um, we're recording on Wednesday. So Tuesday this week was the first state of the town, uh, event and hearing about where the town's going. Uh, I think that was Siri. Sorry about that. Uh, you know, just hearing more about the, the town's plans and vision for the future. And they talked a lot about, the relationships. And I think the Quad Cities, Prescott Valley are built on relationships. And that's, that's a wonderful thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, Kathy, with that, if you would kind of close us out with who are we hiring for and when do the applications need to be in? Yes. Well, we just finished up the round for finance specialists. So what we're doing right now is firefighter recruit and that closes February 8th at 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So if you or someone you know is interested in being a firefighter, clearly we are the premier place to work. It's Absolutely. It. So make sure you get your application in. Make sure you have all the documentation because you cannot hit submit unless you have all the documentation required. Uh, get that in and we hope to see you in the oral interviews very soon. With that, Brad, thank you for being here. Kathy, thank you as always. Thank you. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We'll see you next week. Thank you.